Since our colleague, the late Dr. Li Wenliang, sounded the first alarms of a novel coronavirus last December, COVID-19 has developed into a global pandemic. Not since the flu of 1918 has our society experienced this degree of threat to our health and to our happiness. This is a unique moment in our history, and we here at The Surgery Set are doing what we know how to do, which is to say podcasting, to help. We're telling the stories of this time from the people on the front lines. In these uncertain times, we want you to feel informed. We want you to feel supported. We want to give you the tools to be resilient in the face of what may be the hardest few months of our lives, and we want to remind you, frequently and forcefully, that you are awesome. These are the stories from the front line of this global crisis, featuring visits with the heroes who are making a difference when we need them the most, and ideas for how to stay well and balanced as we learn to live in social distance. From the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin, this is The Front Lines of COVID, a Surgery Set series. I'm Jonathan Kohler, a pediatric surgeon trying my best. Welcome. I first met Jake Greenberg when I was a medical student, doing an away rotation in surgery at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, where he was a resident. I remember thinking he was clearly the cool kid. What other surgery resident plays bass in an orthopedic-oriented band called Rod the Long Bone? Jake went on to marry my friend and mentor Caprice Christian Greenberg, which is not to make the story all about me, but to point out that the world of medicine is a small, small place, and we're all at most a couple of degrees of separation from one another. Jake is now the program director of the general surgery program at UW, where he's had to figure out how to keep residents as safe as possible while preserving their need to get an education and our need to have a workforce in reserve. Starting today, residents and attendings will have access to a video conference-based seminar series every afternoon. As you'll hear, we're going to start with reminding us how to run a ventilator. Here's Jake. Jake, welcome to the surgery set. Thanks for joining us. I know you're in the middle of a a busy day, a busy week, what's shaping up to be a a busy few months here. I wanted to talk about, you know, your position as program director of our surgery residency and how you have adapted our resident education to fit the moment as we are trying to keep residents clean, keep them available for future needs, but still you know, teach them how to be surgeons, even as we're trying to figure out how to be surgeons ourselves in this crazy time. Right. I think it's, it's nothing that any of us have really ever faced in, in all walks of life, obviously. From our standpoint, the thing that the most has been, I think, great and open lines of communication with program directors and other both surgical and non-surgical specialties, as well as, as, well as the team members in our department who are really going to be running the ICU, the burn trauma, and all the emergent services to get a sense of what they think we need. So having that framework, I think, was the, was the best way for us to figure out what to do next. And then our decision was to try and keep as many residents as we can out of the hospital and away from work for about a two-week period and then swap off at two weeks. The goal of this is to try and keep a pool of residents who are clean, who are out of harm's way, and who as potentially resident get sick or have to on quarantine. And that would be a pool of people that we could potentially draw from to provide care, you know, on surgical services and, and maybe surgical services. The unique challenge was that we then had a pool of residents sitting home for two weeks who, one, I think feel like they're not contributing to um, that everyone else is providing. And two, they're not doing cases, even though, you know, we're not really doing any elective cases right now anyway. So we've transitioned really largely to use virtual conferences 
We're running one every day from about 3 to 5 p.m. You know, one of the other things we're redeploying our students to a variety of different things. So many of us are going to be doing trauma uh, and potentially running ventilators and taking care of burn patients and doing things that we haven't done for many years of critical care, burn, uh, so that not only can the residents get some education, but some of the faculty members who might be doing stuff that they haven't done for a while. Too. And we're just going to back to kind of focusing on um, regular general surgery topics. So, yeah, how, as you've approached sort of the specific issues of things that people need to know to be able to address in this particular time, you'd mentioned talking about going back to the basics of ventilator management and uh, how to take care of a trauma patient if you're an endocrine surgeon. How are you prioritizing that list and who else have you been able to engage within the institution to, to help make sure that everybody who needs to be up to speed and something they're not used to doing is, is finding a resource to be able to do that? So uh, uh, engaged our trauma critical care group. You know, I think uh, as, as this marches on, the majority of them are going to be, uh, their critical care skills are going to be the most necessary thing. And so appropriately, they are asking a lot of us to do trauma and, and other things that they would normally cover as a group. Um, so they have been incredibly helpful in, in helping to lead these sessions and to, to really help get other faculty members and our residents up to speed on trauma. So they've been the main group to really help out. What recommendations would you have for other programs out there with residents who they're needing to keep back or keep out of the hospital um, for developing a, a similar program for keeping people up to speed while not risking infection? I mean, I think that you have to look at, at what resources you have in your program and what stuff can really be stopped. You know, we, our residents cover a variety of hospitals. Um, yesterday we made, or today, this morning, we made the difficult decision that we are no longer going to really offer surgical services at one of them because we're trying to consolidate work efforts. So I think everyone has to look at what will work for them within their health system and within their institution, and then figure out a way that you can run the services safely, but I think with as few people as possible to try and keep people out. I think even the people that are in should be taking as many precautions as they can, right? Try and minimize uh, patient contact to only what's absolutely necessary, appropriate donning and doffing of all personal protective equipment, and just everyone has to, to kind of work on staying as safe as possible. And I think the other big thing is everyone, I think, has to just kind of continually check in on one another and make sure that, that people are coping with this as best as they can. Obviously, all of us are worried about ourselves, we're worried about our family members, we're worried about our patients, um, and it's a lot for anyone to have to deal with. And so I think frequent checking in uh, on the well-being of all of us is a critical thing now too. I find that that side of things is, is actually what I struggle with in the most in a way. Like I feel very comfortable working really hard. Like I've been trained how to do that. And what's been more challenging for me is not necessarily, you know, doing that performative work. Like don't go to the office just to go to the office, right? You have to like deliberately stay away and deliberately not be in the mix until your kind of turn comes up. So yeah, what, what strategies have you come up with for managing that sort of downtime risk or the, you know, the, the moments where you do have a, a minute or two to, to take a breather? And I do know that you have found at least one outlet on TikTok. I think anything that you can do to uh, pass the time, you know, with your family uh, is obviously critical. Uh, you have to be there to support them and they're here to support you. So uh, we've been going on a lot of walks. I've been having daily catches with my son and trying to get him to, to ride a two wheeler. You know, we're, we're doing a lot more together as a family than we're used to doing. 
Um, and then during the times when I break away to try and work in the office, I make sure that they're reading or, or doing schoolwork or the stuff that they have to do as well. Um, and I think for the people at home, I think you have to just keep reassuring them that they are, even though they feel like they're not helping, their, their presence at home is the help. That It is a, a vital resource that we are for sure going to need. And that by staying home and by staying away and by taking a rest, they are, they are actually doing a, and serving an incredibly important purpose in, in what's unfortunately, I think, a long and drawn out battle here. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, break away and join us. And I think, I mean, hugely valuable work that you're doing, keeping our residents engaged, keeping the learning process going while also providing us with a, a workforce and a, a clean workforce waiting in the background to jump in when they're needed because they clearly will be in, like you say, I think it's, it's, we've got a marathon on our hands. And I think, look, the best, the best possible outcome here is that we did all all this work for nothing, right? That we, we, we made this plan and we had people home and we never had to pull them in. That would be the best possible outcome here. But I think planning for that is critical. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's hope everybody accuses us of being wildly overprepared. Agreed. All right. Thanks, Jake. We'll t uh, catch up yep. with you again soon. Sounds good, Jonathan. Stay safe. Thanks to our surgery program director, Jake Greenberg, for joining us. For those of you brushing up on critical care without the benefit of a massive academic center, there are free resources being offered by the Society of Critical Care Medicine, including but not limited to a free online course in critical care for the non-ICU clinician. Go to sccm.org disaster for more information, and we'll put that link in the show notes. I leave you today with a performance making its way around the internet by Steve Martin. Yes, that Steve Martin. I'd heard he was a great musician, but I'd never heard it for myself. Here's Banjo Balm. If you have an experience with COVID-19 you'd like to share or a question you want answered on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter at J-E Kohler, that's K-O-H-L-E-R. You can also send me an email at Kohler at surgery.wisc.edu. If you want to hear about something other than COVID-19, our regular program is focused on the latest innovations in surgery, including interviews with the pioneers at its cutting edge. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Give our Facebook page a like and follow us on Twitter at Whisk Surgery. The Surgery Set is a production of the Department of Surgery at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. This episode was produced by Chelsea Johnson, J.P. Swenson, and me, Jonathan Kohler. It was edited by J.P. Swenson. Special thanks to Nicole Jennings, Rebecca Minter, and everyone else in our department pulling together during this adventure. Until next time, be well and stay in touch, friends. Remember, you can't stop the clock. This too shall pass. <laughs>